Hey guys, this is Coach Peter. Coach Teresa. Welcome to another imperfect episode of the Wellness and High Performance Podcast. We don't strive for perfection, we strive for progress. Mm. Progress over perfection. Progress over perfection. All day, every day. All day, every day. That is what we're going for. So in today's episode, we are going to be continuing our series on the question of how do you maximize muscle growth if your goal is to you know, look and feel your best. And in these previous episodes, we've really knuckled down on the, on the qualitative aspect of training. Like what should you actually do in the gym and how should you actually execute your sets? If you haven't watched those episodes yet, it would make a lot of sense to watch those first or listen to them first before coming into this episode where we now move into the quantitative aspect, meaning like, okay, how much should we actually train and what are some nuances and specific applications that go into that? Hmm. Yeah. Cool. I think a a good place to start the conversation is kind of like a really good analogy about the whole process of muscle building that I've heard it was Dr. Mike Isretel was the one who put it forward first and it's it's really it makes a lot of sense like there's this thing called the general adaptation syndrome that basically you know explains like how biology moves forward and how the process of evolution works mm. and how how things change over time and get better mm-hmm. so basically in the general adaptation syndrome there's a, a stress and then the stress is followed by recovery and then that leads to adaptation. So a good analogy is actually developing a tan. You know, we're finally getting some really good sunlight here in Melbourne. And when you think about it, like how do you actually develop a tan, right? Mm-hmm. You have to go into the sun. And the thing about the sun is that the sun needs to be strong enough intensity so that it's big enough stress to your skin. Mm-hmm. And if it is, then once you go out of the sun, mm. now your bo- and you allow your body to recover from that, now your body is going to create the adaptation, which is increase the pigmentation of your skin. Mm. Your skin becomes darker, so you're less likely to burn the next time when you go into the sun. Mm. But it's critical that the sun needs to be strong enough. Mm. Like if you're in right now, sorry, if you're right now in Finland at this time of the year, you're not getting much sunlight there. It's very weak, isn't it? It's It's not really going to do much. Exactly. It's not going to change the tone of your skin. Exactly. Like even if you went out and you literally spent the whole day outside without clothes, like it would be pretty cold, of course. But if you spend a lot of time in the sun, like you're not going to develop much of a tan no matter how long you stay there for. Because the intensity of the sun is not big enough. Mm. So when it comes to muscle building, the analogy is the mechanical tension that we've been speaking about. Like, are you actually providing enough tension for your muscles? That is analogous to the intensity of sunlight. Mm. So now that you're ticking off that box, like you're, yes, I'm providing enough of a, enough muscular tension mechanical tension on my muscles in the gym now the question becomes 
well how long are you actually spending in the sun mm. okay because even if you you know today we have a nice sunny day here in Melbourne the sun is pretty strong so it's definitely intense enough but if you just go in and out if you just st step in the sun and then you step straight away you actually didn't spend enough time in the sun mm. so that it was enough of a stimulus for your body mm -hmm. and the same thing goes for muscle building like now let's say that you're ticking off that box you know how to lift weights properly and you're using enough weight but if you don't do enough of it like if, you're only going once a week if you only go once a week if you only do like one set a week or something like two sets a week it's not really enough mm. you know Mm -hmm. It's not really enough. And you can certainly, the, the same principle that works with getting tan, like you can totally spend way too much time in the sun mm. and then you get like burnt so Scorched. bad. You get burnt so bad that your body can't recover from it. Mm. And now when your body hasn't recovered from it, you're not creating adaptations from it either. You're just burning you're just burning and the same thing Cooking. goes for muscle building and training like even if you're doing the right thing in terms of enough uh, tension you are spending enough time in the sun or in training but then if you do too much of it mm. and don't recover enough well you know your body cannot adapt mm. which is the thing that you're actually after here mm. so how might that look like an in like higher potential for injury risk for injury yeah exactly that's usually the things that start happening like you just start like you know you start feeling like shit um like you're, you're of course you're like your 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 risk for injury goes up mm -hmm. you just stop making progress essentially mm. and then some like things that are going to ride along with that are just like not feeling great in general mm. being low in energy low in libido mm. yeah and even appetite loss and inability to sleep those are some signs that you might be overdoing it or that you're actually just under recovering mm. you know and sure. that kind of takes us to the next piece of the conversation which is again another framework that's been put forward through our dr mike ishtel which is the the volume landmarks mm. you know so there's a certain amount of work that you can do at the gym that's just going to maintain what you've got currently okay so that's maintenance volume mm -hmm. if you do that amount of work you're going to stay where you are but you're not going to make much new gains and you're not going to go backwards either. Exactly. You're not going to go backwards either. So that's a really useful um, thing for certain periods in your life. True. Then after that, you have minimum effective volume. So that means that now this is enough work that you're actually producing new adaptations and you're actually getting better from this amount of work. Mm. Finally, we have maximum recoverable volume over here which is the most amount of work that you can do and still recover from it and still create those adaptations from it that you're after mm. okay so you know most of your training should be you know between or like you're gonna be making the best gains and the best progress with your training between your minimum effective volume 
and your maximum recoverable volume over here. Mm. And you know, how do you know that you're reaching your maximum recoverable volume? Mm -hmm. Those things that I started, I, I spoke of earlier, you know, not being able to progress anymore, like low libido, mm. inability to sleep, irritability, just mm -hmm. low energy in general. Those are some signs that you're now very close to your maximum recoverable volume. Mm. And, you know, would you say that sometimes in the program it's okay to be there, but just not always? That's a really good question. Like, how does this actually tie into, like, what does the actual program look like, you know? Yeah. So, on week one of your training program, you should start with the minimum effective volume, you know? Why would you do any more than the minimum that's required to make progress? Because guess what? The thing is that you always have to do more next week. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the thing about volume is that now that you've, you, we have enough work that you're doing in the gym in terms of like how many sets you're doing, how many reps you're doing and how much weight you're using. That's your total training volume yeah. the thing about that is that that needs to increase over time mm -hmm. so you don't really want to overshoot it in the first week and not really give yourself somewhere to go exactly right because if you go all out like max effort on week one what are you going to do in week two mm. week three week four well, and if you're a six-week program no well, <laughs> you don't have as, like that's the mistake that a lot of people do if you go all out from week one yeah you shorten the amount of runway that you have between your minimum effective volume and your maximum recovery volume yeah. like if you instead of starting a, a training program with week one minimum effective volume and then slowly progressing yourself to your maximum recovery volume i can get six weeks of or even more of like really productive and fantastic training here yeah okay but if you go straight to here, mm -hmm. now you've only got this much to go. Yeah. And you're already reaching your your cap when you just can't do more. You can't do more, no. And then, hey, that's... And then, you know, if you're someone who is like, okay, I've got to keep progressing and pushing the numbers, well, then that's when you're potentially at a higher risk of injury. Exactly. That's when you're just going to crash and burn. Like, if yeah. you just keep still trying to push yourself past that maximum recovery volume and you stay there you know every now and then it's a little bit oh it's okay to it's called overreaching like sometimes it's okay to overreach a little bit mm -hmm. because that's a massive stress to your body mm -hmm. and that as long as you can recover from that you can mm -hmm. make some of your best gains from those mm -hmm. periods of time but they're not sustainable and no. if you if you're trying to sustain them that's when you really risk of injury goes up and you're just going to crash and burn. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's a skill. It, it takes time really understanding like where your sweet spot is in terms of kind of overdoing it or maybe underdoing it. And, yeah. You know. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And then there's a, another a really good application from this. That what about this maintenance volume? Like, Why would maintenance volume be a really useful thing sometimes? So it turns out that, you know, when you're a beginner, like the amount of work that you need to do to make new gains is minuscule. This is why you get these things we call newbie gains, 
you know in the beginning you can just drive past the gym or you like really stare at the dumbbell and you're going to you know you're going to grow some muscle mass from that basically right but once you've passed the very beginner stage and you've exhausted your newbie gains now you because your body has become accustomed to the stress of training now you need to keep giving yourself more so now the minimum amount of work that you need to do to make new gains is actually gonna be more than what it was when you were a complete beginner mm -hmm. and the more and more advanced you get it actually the minimum amount of work that's required it becomes higher and higher and higher and when you're like really quite advanced actually you end up into a position where the minimum f amount of work that's required to make new gains is now so high mm. that you can't do it with everything at the same time no. you're just your your overall resources as a organism aren't enough so that you could recover and adapt from that amount of work yeah. so what you need to do in that instance is that some things you need to bring them to maintenance volume over here. Just put it on the back burner there. Exactly, just put it on the back burner while bringing this other stuff up over here and really trying to adapt and get better with that. Mm. So that could be like a like a muscle group, for example. Like if you have like, you know, as again, as a beginner intermediate, it doesn't really matter. But if you're like really advanced and you know that like, okay, you know, I've got like, really well-developed legs for example and i just know like my upper body my shoulders aren't really as developed as i would like them to be in relation to the rest of my body mm -hmm. you know what i might actually put my leg training on maintenance volume for this program mm -hmm. just do enough just to maintain what i've got mm -hmm. and then push the the extra volume mm -hmm. you can now put it into your upper body and your shoulder training yeah. and make those really good gains there. yeah yeah cool that's awesome that's that's really really um and the thing about also the maintenance volume that's nice really nice actually is that it's actually a lot less than what people think mm. you know like it's if you were to put some numbers like what i've figured out over the last you know couple months even like when I, I went to Finland for, for two months and during that period of time, like I, was, I wasn't get going to the gym like, you know, every day, like I wasn't getting four days a week in the gym, mm. especially when we were like traveling. Yeah, we didn't have access to the gym. We only had one kettlebell, 24 kilo kettlebell and a 16 kilo kettlebell with us yeah. for many weeks. So a lot of it was just body weight exercises, getting some cardiovascular in. Exactly. Yeah. So the but I was able to maintain my muscle mass, you know, because yeah. I was still doing uh, what I've found for me, you know, it's it's about like three or four sets per week, not per day, but per week per body part per body part per muscle group mm -hmm. is is kind of what's required for me mm -hmm. to maintain the the size of the muscle and and you know strength even yeah. Yeah, as long as the, you know, with strength, of course, you still have to lift those heavier, heavy weights to maintain yeah. that strength. Yeah. But that's not a lot of work. No. You know, like if, if there's a, like a, you're traveling, you're on a holiday, you don't want to put as much effort and time into training mm -hmm. or, you know, 
you're you have a very stressful period in your life where you have like a lot of things coming at you and you just don't have that much time to put into your training instead of like shutting it down completely like just go back to maintenance volume like it's a lot less than what you think it is and you're at least able to maintain what you've got mm. and so what would be some like benchmarks or some some kind of things to show you your i guess maintaining that volume how, how would you test that? How would you test? Well, just look at your, your body weight and just literally look at your, look, are you able to maintain your body weight? Are you able to kind of like a, if you, if you don't have like a, um, any way to measure your body composition, like through like a scan or a, even a skin fold measurement, mm-hmm. I think the best thing you could do is just look at your body weight and look at your strength, you know? Mm. Even when, when we were like on those trips with mm-hmm. that 24 kilo kettlebell, I made sure I had like a number that I was like, if I w- I'm doing like three sets of presses per week, mm-hmm. like as long as I can do the same amount or even add one rep each week, mm-hmm. that means that I'm at least not losing muscle mass and I'm right. at least not getting weaker. So you're maintaining that strength. Exactly. If you can three sets, let's yeah. say 10 reps. Yeah. Great. If you can maintain your strength, that's a really high chance that you're maintaining your muscle mass. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, because obviously not no one's going to pull out their skin skin fold calipers and just start testing on holiday. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, or you know, for some people it might be what like a push up or something. Can I still maintain like fifteen push ups for three sets? Could that be something? Yeah, that could be helpful. Absolutely, and do even yeah. a couple more push ups. Yeah, you know, like can I can I do one extra push up per week? Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Cool. And the beautiful thing actually about when when you bring something down back to maintenance volume, your body actually now becomes more sensitive for developing that thing again. So if you always like you're when you're always training. And you're stressing your body in, in a, in, it doesn't matter what way it is. The body will always adapt and it becomes less sensitive to that thing. So now all the work that you're putting in is not creating the same amount of gains as it did when you started doing it before. Mm. So that means that if you always just doing the same thing, like I'm always focusing on muscle building, muscle building, mm-hmm. all the processes within the body that go into actually building muscle mass are always humming along. Mm. And after a while, your body becomes used to it. So now it's less effective. Mm-hmm. So in that instance, if you for a period of time bring your muscle building training just to maintenance volume mm-hmm. and instead focus on developing your aerobic fitness, focus on getting stronger, focus on getting faster, mm-hmm train on some other physical quality while maintaining that muscle mass at maintenance volume. Mm. If you do that for a couple months, like a whole training block, and then, like during this time, now you're actually allowing your body to sensitize Mm. for muscle growth. And then when you bring it back up again, Mm -hmm. now you're going to be making some really, really good gains. It's almost like you get to make some newbie gains Mm. again. Yeah, okay. I think we definitely felt that with uh, Yeah, my, my you want to speak program. about your butt? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, let's go there. Let's speak about your butt. Yeah. 
So talk of the town. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Yeah. So I guess like while you were away in Finland yeah. and I was I was training hard. I was I was you know, actually working on getting leaner as well. I wanted I wanted to look great while we were away for our European summer and you know, I was really happy with the my body composition. Um, but we didn't really put a massive emphasis on like strengthening, uh, getting like super strong or really hypertrophying my glutes. No, they were on very low volume on, on yeah. glute training. And actually, but it was because you said that you wanted to work on your pull-ups. Yes. So you had pull-ups like twice a week and that's a really getting stronger in your pull-ups is a stressful yeah. thing to the body. So yeah. we brought glute training to maintenance volume, pushed um, pull up volume all the way up. Yeah, and you know, at that point, I I personally didn't see a change in the size. No. Or like the strength of my glutes, they were kind of yeah, I guess at maintenance. Yeah, stayed stayed the same. But and and then you know you came to Finland. Yes. And again during the time in Finland, right. there was again like just maintenance volume pretty much for everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know I didn't really have a super set structure plan over there. We didn't have access to the gym. I think I only went like two or three times, but we were still training um, yeah. with the kettlebells. We were obviously doing a lot of walking. That's it. Um, hiking and stuff like that. But when we got back to Australia, uh, I really dropped the hammer. <laughs> I really put the, the leaner, stronger system number two for yes. women. That is really, really heavy in the in in like lower re- in lower building. lower body glute building. And once we really dropped that hammer, and we mm. like your body had sensitized, your mm-hmm. glutes had sensitized yes. again, and yeah. now we dropped the hammer. And now they've just been like, you know, really adapting and um, doing really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, I'm definitely noticing it. I'm seeing a huge change. A lot of my clients have yeah, have noticed like, oh, wow, <laughs> something's going on over there. Yeah. So, yeah, clearly that they've just resensitized to the stimulus that we've been given in. Yeah. And not only has the strength, uh, you know, moved up considerably, but the size of yeah. the glutes have also science principles they work how cool is that absolutely works so is there anything else that is worth mentioning in regards to volume that are really going to get that is going to get the ball rolling for everybody i think yeah there's a massive thing that needs to be mentioned it's that um kind of this it should kind of be covered in the beginning like you got to track it like if you don't if you don't tracking your your training mm-hmm. and your training volume like an accountant mm-hmm. how are you going to be able to know if you're progressing like how do you know where you are in terms of your minimum effective volume mm-hmm. like this maintenance volume like if you never track your training if you're yeah. just doing whatever <laughs> how do you expect crickets. to see results exactly crickets so let's start there. Let's mm-hmm. actually like quantify your training mm-hmm. and track what weights are you using, what exercise you did, what we- what exercise you did, what weights are you using, how many sets did you do, and how many repetitions did you do in those sets? Mm. Okay. And obviously the frequency as well. How many days of training are you ticking off? Yeah. Your you know your plan every week, or are you just kind of going when it feels okay? 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, kind of to take a step even from that, because like, are you actually following a program <laughs> that's being designed in a way that your training cycle start with the minimum effective volume and then logically progress to maximum recoverable volume? And then you get this really nice runway mm. of weeks, hopefully six weeks is what I try to go for with my programs of making some really, really nice progress and making some really good gains. Yeah beautiful yeah and you know there's many ways to do that like the old school way is to of course like pull out a you know uh, bring a bring a paper and go pen and paper and that's absolutely fine like there's nothing wrong in hitting rocks together to make a fire if you really need to but you know the thing about the you know 21st century is that we actually we're able to cook with gas nowadays and you know i can i've got this with the mobile app coach putter training app like it's just a complete step to another dimension from <laughs> tracking your stuff like this when yeah, you can you can track it down you can put down the rate of perceived exertion mm. you put down how much load how much weight and then the app has already prescribed to you how many sets you should do on that week and then with these tracking tools we can beautifully see that you're making progress or you know it's the answer to the question like mirror mirror on the wall am i making progress mm -hmm. and the numbers don't lie you know first you gotta have the numbers so you have to track mm -hmm. but number two are your numbers progressing because mm -hmm. if your numbers aren't progressing stop asking the mirror <laughs> stop asking yourself why are you not doing it Pep talk. Yeah. It's time. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So where can we send everybody if they're looking for some intelligent, minimal, um, effective dose training? Minimal effective. What, what, where should you go if you're looking for a training program and an approach that puts into practice all these things that we've spoken about? Well, of course, I can only guarantee that you'll find that with something that I've created with the Coach Builder training app from coachbooter.com slash app. So not only you get all this, but you also join a welcoming community with coaching because we actually have a monthly Q&A call for everyone who is on the Coach Builder training app so that you actually get to ask questions directly from me on a live call, which is also then um, recorded and put up and you can reference to that later on. That's there's brilliant. there's plenty of videos about these important concepts of training and there's also resources around nutrition shopping lists uh, meal guide and recipes amazing it's a pretty good so, pretty yeah. solid solid offering i um i have to say yeah. i'm pretty proud of it i'm really happy that you're offering that that monthly support call i think that's you know that sets you aside from a lot of these training apps in that Obviously, you might have some questions about it could be anything technique. Am I actually like improving? Exactly. How come I can't improve? Da da da. Whatever it might be. Correct. And you're always able to take videos of yourself training and upload it into the Facebook group, in which I will personally give you feedback and give you like one or two pointers, Brilliant. so that you can then, you know, execute even better next time. And you know, every exercise does have a 
actual video demonstration video not just by any random person but mm-hmm. done by myself very comprehensive yeah it took a lot of work to um, get those mm-hmm. done but we're happy that we put that in amazing fantastic did we do it training volume i think we did it yeah fantastic if you enjoyed this episode if you thought that it was useful would you please do us a favor and share this episode with at least one friend or family member who would also benefit from this information it would help us out a lot if you left us a rating and a review on the platform that you're consuming this information from other than that we want to thank you so much for your attention your time and we hope that you have an absolutely fantastic rest of the day and rest of the week this is coach Peter. coach Teresa. let's do this <laughs>